0: So clear and so sincere that I could feel the way we felt in those moments. But our thoughts have turned to silence, and we have lost sight of the things that used to always unite us. Our thoughts have turned so selfish as we have consumed too much and choked on our own self-interest. Our mental bags are back right now behind the back. It's Monday, January twenty-six, and this is episode two of Shattering the Illusion. And what I want to talk about today, this is going to be a part one about impeachment. And I've wanted to do this uh, a few days ago, but I've kind of been letting this thing ride out. I at least wanted to get through the house manager side of what's going on. And obviously I've been watching the news and reading a lot and following Twitter feeds on all this stuff and, and the narrative and the counter-narrative and then the sub-narratives and all these different things going on. And uh, I just wanted to to dig into this. And, you know, we're about a week now into this process. And it's been... Nothing surprising to this point. Um, and, and the thing you got to realize is obviously there there are going to be two opposing sides to this. The I think what the House has done on the Democratic side and how they laid out their case, obviously I did not watch a lot of it because I actually watched the hearings. I watched the, the impeachment hearings in the House and there wasn't a lot of new information. Um, I think a lot of the new information that has come out um, has been in the media. And, you know, the, it's, this is different. This is something that we've never been through before. And I know that this is the fourth case of impeachment, but the third actual impeachment trial in our history. And this one is just completely different. And, and, you know, I hear all these arguments on like Fox news and from the right saying, you know, well, we didn't do it like this back in 1999 or the Nixon or Johnson or whatever it is. Um, You just, it's really hard to make those comparisons and then they're doing it on both sides. But this one is different because the, the subject matter at hand is still ongoing. So with the Clinton impeachment case, you know, they started these investigations into um, some some things that he did. This Whitewater investigation, and they ended up appointing a special counsel. And um, you know, the, it was kind of similar to the Mueller, where there were you know he was investigating one certain thing, but then there were like spinoffs from that. Okay, but now we're going to go look at this because this came up in the investigation. And that's what happened with the Bill Clinton. So with Bill Clinton, it it started out with one thing, and then it spiraled into um, all these other things. He ended up uh, going in for a deposition, and he basically lied. and And the subject at hand was the the Monica Lewinsky stuff. And what was different then to now is that when when the actual case went through the house and it and it made it to the Senate. The case was pretty much done. like the facts were there. the case was built. There were two arguments to the case. It was pretty black and white as far as what had happened and what the charges were and what the decision uh, was going to be based on your political affiliation. This one uh, in 2019, uh, 2020 that were that we're going through is completely different. Because there was no special counsel. There was no uh, factual like investigation special counsel. The president has never gone on the record. All the actual key identifiable witnesses that could either corroborate the charges or exonerate him. None of them have actually uh, testified, given a deposition behind closed doors. None of that stuff so the the case against Donald Trump it's still ongoing. And every day, every week, it seems like every evening something new comes out and And I don't think that that's going to end. I, I think that this thing is still it's still an iceberg where we've seen maybe half of the iceberg, but we don't know what's beneath the surface. We still don't. And that's still going to come out. And that's what's unique now compared to you know, when we went through this 21 years ago uh, with Bill Clinton. So I love all the media analogies. I love all the the crazy, you know, professional pundits with all their, their wizardry. And, you know, they always are going back to cite this Bill Clinton impeachment trial. And it's just different. It's just you can't really compare the two. Um, one other major difference between the two and I don't hear the media talk about this at all, like on either side, is, you know, obviously Bill Clinton in that second, he was in his second term and he was a fairly popular president at the time. He was lame duck. Um, you know, we were already moving towards the, you know, uh, process to nominate, you know, both party representatives for the next presidential election that process was already was already moving um, at the time that you know his actual impeachment trial was going on there was not a lot of public favorability to impeach him I think a lot of people back then and you know I mentioned this in the previous episode I was I was too young I mean I was I was around but uh not politically um, active as far as what was going on. So I, have had to dig back in and I've had to go back through YouTube clips and, you know, I, I had to reinvestigate like what was going on. What were the circumstances surrounding, uh, the impeachment stuff back in 1999 and, you know, the public favorability was not there. You know, there, there was a 30 to 40% uh, approval of actually going through this impeachment process for bill clinton i think a lot of people um thought yes he did something really bad and you know he his moral character and i, I think it's hilarious now when you you see these pundits on the right talking about you know moral character i mean the moral character compared to the current president is it's hilarious you know like what the norms are and what what has changed over 20 years and uh You know, the guy did some shady shit and then he lied about it and then they impeached him for it. You know, said that he abused his power and then, you know, all these different things. And he did that. Was he guilty of all that? Yes. And the question back then was, did it rise to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor? And was it impeachable? And, you know, that case was made and it was hyper partisan hyper political and i think a lot of people and even as as we've had time now to look back on it and a lot of people have with the current situation going on um, they all history has been a lot more kind to bill clinton than people thought back then you know i think back back when this was going on um, you know they they figured this would be the death of You know, the Democratic Party and, you know, did they win the next election? Yes, but they did they get the president? No, I mean, I I talked about that in the last episode a little bit. But, um, you know, at at the end of the day, you just can't compare the two. And I think it's hilarious to see all this coverage and all this analysis. So what we have going on today is obviously completely different and... The, the facts just keep coming out and I've watched the house present their case and their case is built based on what they had, what they had access to. And, you know, going back to where, how did we get here? This whole thing started with a whistleblower complaint. And a lot of people don't understand what the whistleblower complaint was, how it came to be, the process, um, you know, they had, they had an actual house hearing on this and it was pretty damning. Like what, what had happened? Like the white house knew about it, the white house Counsel, the department of justice knew about it and no one came forward with it. And it finally made its way to Congress. And the, and the, the, the initial whistleblower complaint was actually not the first one they tried to go through this process internally and nothing happened. So they chose option B, which ultimately made it to the house. And obviously the house majority is Democrat now. If you know, the the house would have maintained their majority, we would not even be here. And a lot of people forget that, or they, they overlook that simple fact. So uh, the, the big Republican talking point of elections have consequences and, and they do, you know, um, th- that one was just thrown back in their face. Cause now here we are, whether you're for it against it, don't care about it. It's basically sums it up. And, um, somebody that was detailed to work within the national intelligence sector, was privy to the, these events that happened and they blew the whistle on it and that came to light and it started this big trigger of all these little spider webs and all these different things. And what I find funny about the whole thing is that on the defense side, um, you know, they've made all these after the fact uh, justifications or arguments towards towards a legitimate defense. And what I find funny is why did so many people speak along the same narrative? And these are not political people. A lot of these people uh, are lifetime uh, civil servants. Some of them were actual political appointees by the Trump administration. And how, how is it that just numerous people, whether they have knowledge all the way to the president's uh, involvement or direction of something, or it's just something that they heard from a colleague, why are they all corroborating this narrative? You know, if, if the event in question or this motivation or this motive that he's been impeached for, this abuse of power motivation if it was not, if it didn't happen, then why are so many people, you know, speaking out along those, the, the line that it did. And that to me is telling, you know, like that's, that's the common sense um, spidey sense is tingling sort of thing. And you know, like, the House defense, when when this thing went through the House proceedings, the defense was, or the the slanderous attacks from the right, and some of them, you know, actually they they kept digging and they were digging for another defense. Some of them actually were pretty good after the fact. I I have to admit that, you know, I, I watched it objectively. And, you know, I don't like all the political grandstanding and the preaching and the, you know, political hits as they're going through this. I would rather just if there's a witness before you just question them, you know, just be professional about it. Don't be an ass clown. And, you know, you got that on on all sides. And and that's just politics. That's just the way it works. And the TV cameras are on and everyone's like, oh, I'm going to get a soundbite in. You know, it goes back to that the soundbite media generation that we're all living in. And, um, you know, the, the, the narrative from the, on the defense of it, you know, it just didn't make any sense. And it was just, the thing with Trump is if you've paid attention to his presidency, I remember when we were going through the whole Russia thing, you know, the goalposts are always moved, like, there's no consistency with anything that comes out of the administration's mouth ever. You know, they always deny, they always lie, they always deflect and then a revelation will occur and then they'll lie and then they will, uh, deny it and then deflect. And then that crumbles. So then they have to now come up with a new lie and deny something else. You know, it's just this ever, moving thing where you can never see the target because they're always moving it around based on, uh, what the most current information is. And they're never upfront with you. They're never, there's never truth upfront in, in hardly anything. And that's why after three years, it's hard as hell to trust anyone in that administration. And that's just, that's just from common sense observation, you know, um, it's it's just hard, and you know this thing, it's just it's just blown up into this debacle, and now these poor GOP guys they they're forced to defend it, and you know the I don't feel bad for his lawyers because you know they're de- they're d- a defense team uh, in the legitimate in a legitimate criminal defense in a, in an actual court, like a, you know, DOJ court, you know, they would, they're being paid to defend that person. That's the way the justice system works. So I, I don't, I, you know, whether they're politically aligned with him or not, I just, I throw that out the window, you know, they're there, they are there to do a job. They are there to make an argument in, in his defense on, uh, everything that happened, like the, the events that are in question and the subject of this impeachment process. So, you know, I don't think people should be biased towards the defense. Um, you know, they've, they've made lots of just ridiculous and outlandish public statements over time. Some of his lawyers that have been with him for multiple years, but that's their job. You got, you have to understand that that, that is their job. That is what they're being paid to do. Um, if you were in a similar situation, you would want your defense attorneys to be fighting for you and defending you in public behind closed doors and a proceeding, whatever it is. So I don't fault them, you know, and they're working with a short deck as it is because they're trying to defend someone with uh, a series of events that we're still getting the information on. This is not a closed case, you know, and the argument the, the most bullshit argument that I've heard uh, on the GOP side is, well, it's not the Senate's job. we're we we should not have witnesses and we don't need this new information. That was the House's job, and the House didn't do their job, so it's not our job to do their their job for them. And I just think that that's ridiculous. you know, we elect these people. they have sworn an oath to defend the Constitution and do their job, whether it's politically uh, in their best interest or not. At some point in time, you actually have to sit back and do your job. And it's sad. Like We are paying these people. We are paying their salaries. They are there because they represent the people. And I know a lot of the constituents, especially on the House side, it's a lot easier because some of those districts swing so heavy to the left or so heavy to the right, you can get away with all the crazy shit in the world. And you see that, you know, which uh, representatives on each side are in these super safe districts because they love the camera and they're always on TV and and they really don't have anything to lose. They know that they don't have to work very hard for their reelection year, every two years in the house on the Senate side, it's completely different because You've got two that are representing an entire state, you know. There are no safe districts in the state. You can say, oh, well, that's a red state or that's a blue state. There are heavy population centers of independents, Democrats, Republicans in every state, you know, whether it be the bluest or the reddest state. And your constituents, you have to work on behalf of all those constituents. And I know that's not the way it works, money and greed and the whole system is, is just ruined. We all know that, but in theory, that's the way it should be. That's the way it should work. That's the way it, I, I would say might've worked. You know, that, that was the, the dream of this when the constitution and our government was established, but you know, no one could have ever foreseen the amount of money and influence in our political system hundreds of years ago. You just, no one could have predicted that uh, the way society worked when the constitution and the government was established. So, so here we are. So we're, we're on, I think we're, we're a week into it. And, you know, it's like I said, I didn't watch all the house stuff. It was over and over again. And, you know, the GOP defense, it was boring and it was boring, you know, like you didn't need to actually watch, watch what they were presenting. They didn't need three days to, to present all that information. And I, and this is a political thing where they're fighting over time and all these different things. They could have made that case in a day, you know, a, a compelling case, because if anyone pays attention to this and, and does source, you know, news, whether it be mainstream or independent and whichever way you lean, if you're objective about this whole thing, you pretty much knew, you know, like what circumstances we are in, what, what the facts were, what happened, what, was what, what allegedly happened and kind of where we were at with uh, key witnesses and other information documents that would, you know, either bolster the case against the, the president or exonerate him. And, so the whole this whole process will not be complete and I think that's the bottom line. And that's what's so different about it compared to all these different impeachment proceedings in the past is is the fact that it's ongoing and it's going to continue to be ongoing. I mean we're going to go through this entire year and more information is going to come out with whatever happened last summer and leading up to this this pressure campaign. And the one thing that I said last year Cause I follow politics and I don't like the establishment, uh, especially on the democratic side. You know, the Republicans are mostly all establishment, but especially on the democratic side, I just, I, I hate this, you know, centrist establishment, DNC garbage, you know? And what was funny to me and and one thing I said months ago was God, he's going to get impeached over something that's irrelevant, Biden wouldn't, he's not even going to win the nomination. And I think it's hilarious that this insecure guy in the white house did this because he wanted to smear who he thought he was going to be running against. And why would you do that? Like that just makes absolutely no sense. And You know, I it's like I said in the previous episode. I I honestly believe that there's two movements working against the GOP in the year two thousand and twenty, and that is you got your democratic base and whoever that candidate's gonna be, and they're gonna mobilize around whoever that candidate is, and then you've got that other party, which is the anti-Trump Party. And a lot of independents, a lot of people who may or may not agree with whoever that democratic nominee is. Some people who are more conservative, who have voted Republican in the past, they, they form this other movement of anti-Trump. Like I got to get this guy out of office. And that's going to be reflected at the ballot box this November. So they've, they've got two things working against them, the GOP in this process. And, uh, and he threw all this shit away on Biden. And that just is hilarious to me. That just shows you the incompetence level there. And you're going to do all these things to try to smear Biden. And it's, it's sad. And I think it's going to be hilarious when Biden is not the nominee. And Trump has this permanent stain on his presidency of being impeached. And it was all for nothing because the guy he was going after wasn't even going to be the nominee and the one he was going to face in the general election. And that's hilarious to me. So my takes on the impeachment so far, like I said, I didn't really watch the much of the house manager case. I might've watched a few hours cumulative, um, watched a lot of coverage of it from all angles. And, um, the the here's my my take on sort of your two sides. You've got your your liberal biased media and then your propaganda machine, Fox News. So on the on the liberal left side, the uh they are living by this hope factor, you know, like all these pundits. Well, I hope there's witnesses and I hope that they subpoena this these documents and this this evidence that could show. Yeah, they've talked about that for hours. That shit's not going to happen. We still might get to a point where there's witnesses. um, You know, Michael, uh, not Michael, uh, Bolton, John Bolton, Michael Bolton. Yeah, John Bolton, the mustache guy, he um, he's popped back up. And I and I figured this would happen um, at some point. And we're getting towards the end of the actual opening statement phase. So the, you know, the house had three days within the next day or two, the defense side will end their opening statements. And then we have to move on with the impeachment proceedings. And at some point, you know, there's, there's a couple different things that could happen here. You know, they could just move to dismiss this thing immediately. And I wouldn't put that past Mitch McConnell to do that. The guy doesn't give a shit. You know, we've seen that. He controls the Senate for whatever reason. The dude just keeps getting reelected and reelected. I live in his state now. The people don't really like him. He's not even popular here because he's like this robot, you know, politician guy, millionaire that lives in D.C., you know, whatever. Um, He could just move to dismiss this and then it's done. And then, you know, he has saved the vote, you know, putting, putting the GOP Senate members on the record to vote for certain things. And I think that they've already, already shit the bed on that, you know, because all of those initial amendments that were brought up by the minority side at the beginning of the impeachment, um, I think Mitch was, he was smart to move to table all those amendments or table you know, like what the objective was. Um, and, and I think the Democrats, they knew, they know that they're not going to get what they want. So they had to do something politically to force some sort of vote. It's not a, it's not a legit, you know, we are now voting for witnesses and then it's 53 to 47. It's not like that. They were just moving to table that vote or table that amendment or table that decision until later on in the process. But I think that was damning enough because, you know, they voted party lines on every single one of those and they did, they brought up specific witnesses, they brought up specific documents and, you know, most people are not that informed and they don't understand what the hell's going on. They just, they just see the talking heads on TV shouting the propaganda and that's kind of the mindset that they take or they just see a headline. They don't even read the article. That's the, uh, that's the America that we live in today. And of, uh, just a minority of people follow this and are super well educated on it and super well informed the political and news junkie, you know, population of America, everyone else is just kind of, it's there. It's a thought. There are, you know things that uh water their thoughts on it whether you know where they're getting that information from but um they don't have an in-depth knowledge on on what's actually going on so i think that that's going to hurt the gop as well down the line because uh the democrats can use that against them because people aren't going to understand that oh well these votes were simply to table a motion or table this amendment Um, and they're going to spin it and they're going to attack them saying that they voted against witnesses. They voted against documents and on down the line. So I I think that both sides have, have done good, uh, with that to this point. You know, I think, I think there's a, a win on both sides. I think that ultimately in the end that will hurt the GOP way more. Um, and the reason I say that is because, you know, like I said, going back to the Clinton thing there wasn't overwhelming uh, public support, the favorability over the impeachment. There's actually favorability here uh, in 2020. And I think I think it goes back to those two, you know, sort of movements that I talked about, the, the, you know, Democratic supporters, and then that other sort of wild card of anti-Trump, that anti-Trump movement. And you're seeing that. You're seeing that polled, um, you know, 60 to 70 percent, of Americans want a fair trial. They want to see witnesses. They want to see documents. A majority um, agree with the actual impeachment and why he was impeached. And there's um, not a majority, but there's a large section of even Republican registered Republican voters who agree that we should be at this point based on the information that they have seen and that, that they've heard in the news and reported on and the proceedings to this point, so on and so forth. So it's crazy. It's crazy where we're at. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know if we'll get to a vote on witnesses. I guess we'll we'll talk about that in a part two of this. Um, but the, the media has just been hilarious on this. And I, like I said, I watched a lot of the coverage and this hopeful, wishful, Thinking on the, you know, the GOP, the, these, they keep targeting the same senators over and over again by name. Like they're, it's like media intimidation over Collins and, uh, the guy from Colorado, Corey Gardner and, uh, Tillis down in North Korea. It's the same, same one. Oh, Mitt Romney is going to come to, they're not. And, and it's, it's the way the system works. The GOP is, like I said in the previous episode, they're way more aligned than the Democrats are. They're more streamlined, Um, the brand, the company line. They walk it way more firm than they do on the left. And, you know, I don't think that that's going to change. There have been some, you know, scattered reports that Trump has threatened them behind the scenes to, you know, you better not vote against me and anything. Well, based on what I've seen, all the behavior the last three years sounds about right to me. You know, I wouldn't put it past this guy one bit to actually intimidate his own party. I think he's been doing that behind the scenes this whole time. And that's why he's gotten away with doing whatever the hell he wants. And, you know, the people that are in those super safe seats, like I talked about, they're the ones that come out and they're just, you know, defend him and just all the ridiculous bullshit, you know, like they come out on the record and, you know, whatever that talking point is that week. And then the talking point changes because he says some other dumb shit, you know, on camera somewhere, or, you know, something else is uncovered by the, by the news. And it's just pathetic to me, but you know, the, this John Bolton thing, you know, uh, this guy, what a clown, man. So he obviously knows what was going on behind the scenes. He was in the inner circle. He was very close. This asshole's writing a book. Of course he wants to cash in. He wants a number one bestseller. He wants to line his pockets with millions and millions upon millions of dollars, more than what he's already been paid off by the, the political and military establishment over his career in politics and with the GOP and of, you know, of course he would not come at any point in time, come forward to offer sworn testimony. And I, and I do believe he could have done that. You know, um, he could have defied executive privileges and, and false claims. He, he, the guy is, is pretty much a radical and, and he's similar to Trump behavior wise. Uh, He would have done whatever the hell he wanted to, if he was put in that chair and put under oath, he would have said whatever the hell he wanted to say. No one was going to stop him. He just didn't want to do it because he didn't want to jeopardize this book. But now, you know, he's been sitting back watching this and he just can't help himself, can't control himself. And over the weekend, you know, his manuscript was being reviewed and it leaked and gee, you know, like you think that wasn't planned we're a day or two away from the the actual Trump defense ending their opening arguments. And then we're going to be at this point where we have to vote on something, you know. Um, are we going to vote on more witnesses? And this guy, of course, has to put himself out there. He wants to go testify. You can tell. You know, he wants this to be like the TV event of the year. He wants to go down in history as the Dean of the, the Nixon where, you know um, he comes forward and talks about the tapes and like, Oh, the smoking gun. you know, he wants to be that guy. He doesn't give a shit about Trump or the party. He's about himself. He's all in this for himself. And, you know, the, the, the GOP and the Senate, they are freaking out about this. It's not, and Trump is obviously too. He's tweeting about it and freaking out. It's not what he knows. You know, he knows all kinds of probably terrible things. And I think if anyone with common sense would know that, Um, but a lot of it, you know, we shouldn't know about That's that is protected. That's executive privilege, privilege stuff. You know, there are, uh, he's they are protected by the constitution and by law with certain things that do happen in that executive branch. You know, I'm sure all presidents have done terrible things behind closed doors that we'll never know about, and that process, those discussions, those conversations, they are privileged for that reason. You know, because a, a, a policy decision or a foreign policy decision or whatever it is military action decision these things take dialogue and they take uh brainstorming and they take and I'm sure crazy shit comes out in these conversations you know and we're just not the american public we're not privy to that you know the decision makers and the decision making process once that decision is made then we are privy to what that decision is or what that policy is so you know as much as I don't like Trump and I'm sure he's done just crazy shady shit behind the scenes, you know, I'm defending, I'm defending that, um, uh, that right that he has as president with his administration. So, you know, Bolton, I don't know what the dude would say, but, but what they're afraid of is not what he can testify to, because I think he would be very, very calculated with, what he tells what he would actually testify to. And I'm sure it would be damning. I don't know if it would, there'd be a smoking gun that that's the the media. Oh, he's the smoking gun. You know, Oh, he's going to pop forward and just blow the whole thing up. Don't think so because I think he, he does want a political future. Um, you know, that he wants to be on Fox news, getting paid in the future, uh, when we have a new administration, he wants to go on there and bash the new administration. You know, he's thinking of himself. But what they're afraid of is is uh, cross examination, and that's the media's not talking about that. No one's talking about that. It's not what he would actually testify to. It's the questions he would be asked while under oath, and that would open up a Pandora's box. And that's what everyone's freaking out about: the president, uh, Pompeo. Bar, you know Giuliani didn't give a shit. He's a civilian. The dude should probably be uh, indicted and prosecuted down the line. I'm sure he'll be investigated for this down the line. Well, and maybe all of them will. I don't. I don't know. Um, it just depends on what happens in this next election. You know, some some people have actually come out publicly. I think Warren came out publicly and said she would investigate this whole thing. She would investigate that administration if she were, she were the president. I don't think that's a political win. I think you should, you know, just let it be for now. And if it comes to that point, then do it. I I think there would be support for that. I mean, how many times has the GOP gone after Hillary, you know, Benghazi, all these other things after she was not the secretary of state, you know, so there, there would be precedent for that. Um, But, you know, it's the cross-examination piece, and God knows what he knows. You know, he was a national security advisor. He knew all the top secrets. He he knows everything about the events that are in question with this process. And, you know, realistically, you're never going to get the secretary of state to come in there. You're not going to get his deputies. You're not going to get the documentation. You're not going to get Department of Justice people. You're not going to get the vice president. You're not going to get the president but you could get him and, and that's what everyone's hyper-focused on now in the media. And I think it's crazy what would turn up. So I think he's going to walk this line of, you know, he's going to keep putting himself out there and something else will leak out in the next couple of days. You know, he wants to be the number one trending hashtag. He wants to be, you know, Bolton testify or what, you know, hashtag he he's, this is basically a pre book campaign for him. And he knows this, you know, this is smart, like from a, from a PR perspective and you know, the book will come out and I'm sure there'll be some hellacious shit in there and the president will deny it. And that's what they do when all of these books, you know, they've published just numerous books now that have these insider accounts of things that have happened in the administration and things that were said on and off the record and direct quotes. And it doesn't stick because, you know, it, it's either true or not true. And you can't really prove it. You know, you can believe it, you can read it and believe it, but uh, you know, you can't justify it, you know, and you can deny it very easily. And he's done that. He's done that for the last three years with all this stuff that's come out. So the only way you'll actually ever get to a morsel of what really happened is if you got this guy to testify and I just don't think that'll happen. I mean, maybe, you know, crazier things have happened, but I just don't see that happening. I think that they will try to eliminate this very quickly. All the GOP they're already coming out on the record and saying, uh, you know, I just didn't, you know, nothing's changed my mind. You know, I just, all uh, oh, they just shredded that whole case in a couple hours, the defense, you know, case closed. The case was closed before this whole thing even started. And we all know that, you know, the the media wishful think, oh, I hope that these senators and these swings that, you know, that's not going to happen. I think it's just, you're wasting your time watching the coverage. You're getting your hopes up if you think that something crazy is going to happen. So we'll see. I, I don't know. We'll do a part two to this and, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see where we were, if we were right here, uh, today on, on where we stood as these opening arguments were coming to a close. and And I don't think this thing will go on much longer, maybe another week, but You know, if shit does get crazy, this thing could last a while, you know, like this could actually explode, but I just don't see that happening. I'm just being, being a realist here with, with the way politics work. And I know McConnell, he's, he's not going to let this happen. You know, they, they are, they are all in on this. They, they have thrown all their chips on the table. And if this thing explodes, that's fine. They've, they've already made their peace with that. Uh, because the alternative is a civil war within the GOP. You know, I think they would rather be united and crash and burn with the chance that maybe this will blow over and something else will happen and then they will win, you know, like this will be a winning thing for them. Um, But at this point, I just don't, I don't think it is. I think there's going to be crazy repercussions for this and Because people are smart. People have common sense. And I think that this is one of those events that, you know, uh, on the on the election trail right now, the whole Iraq war, you know, 2003 vote. They're talking a lot about that. No one talked about that back in 2003. Everyone was united. Bush had like crazy high approval ratings. Everyone backed the war. The, The news did. The establishment media, everyone pushed that scare, that fear narrative down Americans' throats. And we weren't smart back then. We weren't as connected. We trusted our news sources way more than we do now in the year two, 2020. And um, look at them now. They're, they're going back and litigating the, the votes on that war. Oh, you know, you were wrong, you know, like to support this war and all this stuff. I think it's going to be one of those situations with what's going on with this Trump era that these GOP because because a lot of these people, these senators, they will survive, you know, they'll get reelected. A lot of them are not up for reelection this year and nothing fuels the GOP base more than having a Democrat in the White House and just, you know, being the opposition to them at all costs, which I think is going to be hilarious after the last three, three or four years of this. It's like, how are you gonna justify anything after all the support for this? It's gonna be just crazy. You can't, you can't attack them on spending. You can't attack them on budget. Um, you can't attack them on morality. You know, you, you can't even really attack them on policies because what great policy decisions have been made in the last three years? That is just bonkers. You know, space force. Do you really support that? Come on, man. That's just a fucking waste of money and waste of time. Jesus Christ. And uh, so, so you know, after the fact, down the line, you know, I, a lot of these same GOP, when, when the Trump stink has cleared, they will all, you know, I really wanted to go against him, but, you know, there was pressure from the admit, you know, they're going to just flip on this guy as soon as he's not in the picture anymore. They're going to flip on him because they don't have term limits and he does, you know, and, and that's just the way it is. So I think that this is going to historically age terribly for the GOP, this whole thing. And it's not because I don't like Republicans and I love the Democrats. I don't like Democrats either. Um, I just feel Absorbing all of this and being informed on all this and paying attention, watching the coverages, the bias on both sides, actually researching the facts of, of the witnesses and, and what they're alleging and all these in the defense of it. um, I've come to the conclusion that yes, like something really bad happened. I think he did abuse his office and I think it's funny because he did it all for a guy that's not even going to be the nominee. And that's the dumbest part of this whole thing, you know, and people, they can't get outside of the establishment in the mainstream, you know, young people were not ever going to let Biden be the nominee. That's just not, wasn't going to happen. I, you know, we didn't exactly know which way it was going to go. But the dude was not going to win the nomination. He's not. I bet money, the fact that he will not get this nomination. And we have an impeachment over it, which is stupid. The dumbest thing ever. And, you know, they were right to impeach the guy. They, what was the alternative? Not impeach him? Jesus Christ, that would have been even worse. And the GOP's defense is horrendous of this thing. And it has been over the last months as this thing's played out and they know they can't defend it. And they know it's indefensible because it's not a closed case. The facts just keep coming out. More information is coming out at some point there probably will be a a major smoking gun. You know, do you think that the president Zelensky is going to sit quietly for the rest of his life? No, you know, He knows what the truth is here. Those Ukrainian officials, they know what the truth is here. Do you think that they are going to sit silently for the rest of their lives? They won't. At some point, they will be a smoking gun. At some point, when the smoke is cleared and it's safe, you're going to have all these administration officials flip on them, and they're going to say, yeah, well, I was coerced and I was pressured into supporting this criminal act or the scheme or whatever it was, and I, you know, I. They threatened me. I was threatened. I, they, I couldn't act in my official capacity because there were threats against me. I was intimidated. That's going to be the defense, and that's going to be the GOP defense once the Trump stink clears. Once he's gone, once he is no longer the president, the supreme overlord ruler of the GOP party, they are all going to just flip on this dude, and. And the GOP, they're going to follow whatever that next thing is. It's like I said in the previous episode, brand loyalty. They're loyal to their brand. You know, Some of them don't like the product that's out there right now, but they're going to come back. Because once again, it's going to be about their guns. It's going to be about God. It's going to be about abortion and then illegal immigra- immigration and caravans and whatever else the, the propaganda Fox News brings up as a scare tactic or talking point. And you'll see more of this as we go through the summer, as we go into um, election. If, if it goes the way it's trending, you're going to see a summer of socialism. You know, they're going to make our country socialist, and that'll be the end of American democracy. I, I guarantee that's going to be the number one right-wing talking point From June, July time frame, August time frame, all the way through Election Day. That will be the scare tactic. That's what they will talk about. Misinformation, they will compare us to Russia, Brazil, like all these other countries. Because they've done this in the past. They've used this as a talking point. But that's where we're going. And, you know, and it'll work because people are stupid and they'll believe it. And uh, we'll be back to the year twenty four. There'll be some new, you know, up and coming GOP, you know, bright, shiny thing running for president. I don't know what that'll be because no one knows what the aftermath of this era is going to be. But this impeachment thing, it's not going to age well. It's it's it, it just isn't long term this will be used against people for years and years and years. And, uh, it's kind of sad, you know, you, you, and I, and I do feel bad for some of these GOP, a lot of them, they don't make the headlines. You get your Lindsey Graham's of the world. And then, uh, that old white guy from Texas Corden or whatever the hell his name is. John, I don't remember. You know, I, I see the face. You got all the same people that come out. And they're sort of the the face and the and the talking the talking head and the rep for the party and the senate the g o p senate majority and you know McConnell's not very he doesn't come out and do all the grandstanding because he's the majority leader he just you know he does it when he's got to do a vote or he's got to justify an action he'll come out and you know gurgle into the mic with you know you know whatever um but these guys there's a lot of senators on, on the the right side that you never hear about, you know, who's the Senator, who's, who's the other Senator from Nebraska, not Ben Sass. Like who, who is that? You know, who's, who's the Senator in the state of Mississippi? Like we, these people, you don't ever hear anything about them. You know, I'm sure locally people, people know them, but nationally they just don't get that recognition and they've just been shoved into the absolute most non-win situation of their political careers. And, you know, they can go on the record and say, oh, well, I don't really support his behavior, but I support the policy, so I support the president. You can't do that with an impeachment. You just can't. It's not, that's not going to age well. So they're stuck defending something that you can't defend, or they could speak out and vote against it in the 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 short-term lose for that. They can't, they can't swallow that. It's not palatable to them to spend any amount of time being the subject of scrutiny of their own party, especially with this guy in the white house, because he will intimidate them and he will speak out against them and he will try to primary, you know, put, put a loyalist candidate against the person that dissented from the, from the Trump administration and all this. So I feel bad for these guys and, um, it's, it's not going to end well historically from a historical perspective. Um, but we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. I don't know if a witness will, I'll be very surprised if any witnesses are called, if any new information is put on the record, we can all see it. We're not blind. We're not stupid. We are seeing it on our news feeds. We are seeing it in the, in the mainstream media, in the independent media, in the newspapers, you know, on Twitter, um, we are seeing the information that they pretend like doesn't exist in the Senate portion of this because, well, the House didn't do it, so it's not our job. You know, it is your fucking job. Do your goddamn job. If there is information that you can obtain to settle this matter, then do it. You know, that's the bottom line. And that my frustration with that, that is going to be a majority uh, position on this in this country. And, you know, that's, like I said, that's not going to age well, that's not going to do well, they're get these guys are going to get just destroyed in, in their elections coming up. And, you know, I, I never thought that A year ago, the way this whole thing was going, I didn't think, especially after the, the 2018 midterms, you know, oh, well, we picked up Senate seats. We got to understand that. What was it? South Dakota and Missouri. Those are red states. You know, those, those senators, Claire McCaskill. And then I don't remember who the Democratic senator was from uh, North or South Dakota, whatever state it was. These, these people were facing a tough battle. They were probably going to lose those seats. I think that they're going to need a record turnout on the right to save the Senate and, and they might get that, you know, I, I I still think that uh, a lot of people will come out and vote for Trump. I think there will be robust support from the GOP base for him, but they're going to have to have record turnout from the last election. And I just don't see that happening. I think all the stars aligned in 2016, like I talked about in the last episode, I think all those stars aligned just perfectly for him to eke out that victory. And it's not going to happen this time around because you've got this. The anti-Trump movement was not much back in 2016. You had you had GOP never Trumpers, but they they came over. They went to the polls and they voted for him. They won't tell you that, but they did. They, they swallowed their medicine and they went into the, the booth and they they cast their vote for Trump because they hated Hillary and that, like I said on the last episode, most of us hated both of them. You know, Hillary was awful as well. She still is. She's being sued right now. And I think that's hilarious because she's a moron. Um, but he's going to, it's going to take a record turnout for, for them to hold that Senate. I, I, I think there's going to be, I think Mitch McConnell's in trouble. I live in the state of Kentucky I don't think he'll lose, but I think it's going to be really close. I think it's going to be within a couple points, and I think that's going to scare the hell out of people, um, because people are just fed up with this bullshit. You know, people are way smarter than we were twenty years ago when this Clinton thing was going on. This age of information has been wonderful for that. It's been it's been negative for for a lot of other things, but I just think that people are way smarter than they ever were because we trusted people to make us smart. Now we have the resources to make ourselves smart. And and a lot of people are doing that. And a lot of people, when they post on social media or they put an opinion out there on a, on a video or on a podcast or whatever it is, they want to ensure that they are informed on what, what they are going to say. And so they do their research, and and by doing research, it opens up other research and other information and more knowledge on things. And I I think it's wonderful. And a lot of young people, you know, if you're under forty years old, you 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 know, like people my age, I'm late thirties. I grew up in the era before the internet, and then I've grown up in the era of the internet, and I've I've been an adult as we've gone through this information age of social media and just instant information at all times. And it's wonderful. I mean, it's distracting too. And sometimes you just got to put the damn phone away. But at the same time, if something is bothering you or something does come up, you can fact check it. You can, you can look things up for yourself as long as you're not going to Fox news to do it, or you're not going to MSNBC to do it or CNN, you know, don't let these guys make your decisions for you. They're stupid. They're biased. Yes. They're giving you information, but they're also giving you their air quote expert opinion on, on that information. And we don't need that shit. Form your own opinion. You know, if you watch, so if you absorb so much energy and uh, time on listening to this, you know, air quote, expert opinion, then you start to be, become lazy and let them formulate your own opinions for you. And that's what happened. That's what would happen, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. We depended on polling and we depended on uh, these Washington insiders to tell us, and we trusted the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal, you know, like all these, these big establishment publications. We, we trusted them. And we don't anymore. And I think that with Trump, when he came to be, and and we talked about this in the last episode, but when he came to be drawing attention to the media and the fake news, I think that's ultimately going to undo him as well. Because a lot of people woke up to that. I mean, people that had been paying attention for years and years and years understood he wasn't necessarily wrong about some of those things. But the way he weaponizes it and the way he uses it, 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 it's like a dictator. You know, if he doesn't agree with the facts that you're stating, then he will say that it's wrong. It's fake. It's not accurate reporting. It's not real news. That's that's not what I'm talking about. But he is he has put into the mainstream the thought of questioning the media and people are and on both sides and even his own supporters are questioning it questioning the media and doing their own research and people are, are freaking out like, Oh wow, that's not Fox news told me this, you know, and that's not true. That's actually not what happened. Or they left out this whole part. Wow. I didn't realize this. And you know, that's the way it is. So what will happen in the impeachment? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I'll do a part two on this and, um, it should be interesting. We'll see what happens with this Bolton thing, but you know, I, I don't think he'll go anywhere near it. If he does, I'll be pleasantly surprised. If you think that he's going to be a smoking gun and, and give you this earth shattering, you know, gotcha moment, probably not, but maybe, maybe if it gets to, you know, cross, you know, examination, and I think that's what they're afraid of, and remember, at all times on this impeachment trial, uh they can make up the rules as they go along. It's some bullshit made up game they've got the power to make up whatever the hell rules they want, so they could they could also let him testify, but change the rules as to the parameters of which he does testify. You know they could maybe not allow for cross examination or They, maybe he can only be subjected to a certain question line, line of question, you know, they could actually make up that rule and vote on it. And that's what would happen if they did allow. But like I said, Mitch doesn't want this shit to happen. He wants this thing over. He wants some other big news story to hit so then they can sweep this one under the rug, the, the media cycle to roll over but as more information and more information comes out, this is just going to stink more for all of them. And I, I think they know it. I think a lot of supporters secretly know it and they don't want to talk about it. Um, you can only bash the Democrats so much as your defense. This doesn't really have anything to do with the Democrats. When you get to the actual bottom line of it, yes, the Democrats impeached him. Yes. The Democrats brought the witnesses forward in the house. Yes. The Democrats actually voted to impeach him. Yes, they are the House managers presenting the case against him. But the Democrats are not the ones that did this. He's the one that did this. And the GOP are the ones that have allowed it to happen for three plus years now. And, you know, they only have themselves to blame. And I think a lot of them will after the fact. But it's going to take time. And this dirty, dirty Trump era will be over and there will be a stink from it and a fog from it. And it's going to take a while to get that stench and to get that visibility back within uh, our, our political system, and especially on the GOP side. There's some good ones on both sides, you know, not to quote Trump. You know, awful, awful racist remarks about Charlottesburg, but there are there are good people on both sides of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party, and there's some really bad ones. And uh, we don't see everything. We we see they always target the ones they don't like on both sides, and they don't talk about the forgotten representatives and the forgotten senators. They just don't bring them up because. It's not to their political advantage to do so. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, I'm excited to follow the coverage again this week. Um, it's the reality show that just keeps going. I'll be sad when it gets canceled in November. Of course, there will be a spinoff from it following the election, I'm sure that's that's something that I'll talk about later later on down the line um, what happens if the guy is defeated at the ballot box what what will that look like and that's scary to me um, based on behavior and based on the rhetoric and based on the record of the last three plus years so we'll see what happens with that so I hope you um if you're following the impeachment stuff, you know, just continue to keep an open mind. We know it's a, he said, he said, we know that not all of the evidence and not all the witnesses are on the record. So it's incomplete. And there's good arguments on both sides based on where we're at with it right now. And I, I, you know, I along with the majority of Americans. I would like to see, I would like to see more to this. Um, I don't think it'll change anything. I think if Bolton comes in there and blows it all out of the water, I still think they acquit him. I think it'll be a party line vote. You might get a couple that'll vote to convict. But I I don't see a single GOP Senator voting to convict him. Under any circumstance, it's like I said in the last episode, I think a dead body could turn up at this point and they would still acquit the guy in the Senate. And that's how polarized partisan politics have become in this this era and and before it happened under the Obama era, too, that we got to this point. So anyways, um, I'll hit you guys back. We'll do a follow-up. We'll do a part two of this uh, at some point here in the near future. Um, I'm going to let this thing play out for a few more days. I wanted to do this episode last week, but I wanted to give it a little bit more time um, and absorb, give it a little bit of time to sink in over the weekend. But, uh, you know, the Bolton stuff over the weekend, just, God, you know, here we go. Here we go with the drama. Here we go with the reality show stuff, you know, you know, here comes the twist, you know, and, uh, we'll see. So hope you guys have enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you like it, you can always subscribe. Uh, I will continue to make these and, uh, it's 2020. We'll see what happens. I'll see you guys next time.